joining us today on episode number 53 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to talk about the question, what do I do? Have you ever gotten that question? Have you ever wanted to ask that question? We're going to talk about it today, figure out what it all means. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So I know as a coach, I get this question all the time. Coach, what what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I was kind of confused when you brought this up for an episode topic, but I think that after we discussed it a little bit, I think I think we're going to go somewhere good with this. I think it's going to be a good episode. It's It's... <laughs> My my issue with the question is it's usually not a question. Okay, so tell us a little bit about where this question came from, because you you named the episode. What do I do? Which is such a like vague, broad, generic concept, right? But that's the question that I have been asked before. I get asked this as a teacher in the classroom. I get asked this as a coach. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have a back end to it. Just what am I supposed to do? And it's. It's not a question. It's just a complaint. Something didn't go well, and they're like, "Uh, what am I supposed to do?" Mm-hmm. So, what I was trying to get at this was is that question needs to get reframed. It needs to get relooked at. Of what are you actually trying to ask? What's the point of that question? What words are you trying to say? But you just you don't even know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Like really, what you want to just say is. Ugh, but all you can come out with is, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Right. It, usually, it starts with a sigh. It sometimes has a question mark at the end, but not you. It's just a statement. Ugh, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So a lot of times it's basically a statement of exasperation over whatever issue in life that that person is coming to you with. Right. In in running, it's like, uh, I've tried this and I, I'm just, I'm not getting faster. I keep hitting this plateau. You know, um, the kids are like, I... I make it to the two mile mark in the 5k race. And then I just, I have to walk. What, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, well, there's the there's answer some, is you're supposed to run. Yeah. Usually the answer is you're supposed to run. <laughs> like what? But I just, I get I, so tired. Yes. Well, it's a race. You're supposed to be tired. Yeah. I love how you were like chasing some of the kids around the course this weekend. Every time you saw them walking, you just said run. And then they would start running. Cause you told them to. It's like they knew you were watching them so they could do it. And they all ran their fastest times in the season yeah. because every time they like turned a corner and thought they were invisible behind a tree, I just assumed they were walking at that point and just screamed, run from across the field. <laughs> so and you didn't even have to see them? You did not even have to see them. They just like, <laughs> there was one point where they literally disappeared behind a wall. And as soon as they disappeared behind the wall, I just screamed. I know on the other side of that wall, the kid is thinking, where is he? How did he know? <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny because these kids, and I was talking to the team, we uh, separated our team today into the girls' side and the boys' side, and so Kevin took the boys' side, and I took the girls' side, and we sat down and had a little kumbaya powwow and talked about our feelings. I don't know what you guys talked about on the boys' side. We also hugged a lot and talked about our feelings. (laughs) Did you hold hands, too? Yeah, there was a lot of holding hands. (laughs) No, so like one of the things that I explained to the girls' team is – just how mental 
of a sport running is. You know, I said to them, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to send you out on a workout today and I'm not going to follow you. So I'm not going to know if you're going to do this workout exactly like I'm telling you. At some point, you have to have some sort of internal motivation, some sort of internal push to do your best. And so what is that push? What, you know, why are you doing this? What is going on here? And I said to, we talked a little bit about the the race and I said, you know, when you were walking and we said run, you were able to then run again. So why couldn't you do that without us saying it? You know, what was it that was holding you back? Because there was some sort of, you know, mentally you were tired, it was hurting, things weren't going well, and you your body was telling you, I need to stop right now. And so you you stopped, you gave in and you you walked. But as soon as your coach is there telling you start running again, then you did it. Or you, you know? see the finish line and suddenly there's a, there's a sprint at the end. Right. It's like, well, where, where was that energy over the last mile and a half? Mm-hmm. You know, you have that energy. It's just painful while you're doing it and you're not at the finish line mm-hmm. or you're not directly next to the coach. That one gets me all the time. Like they run past the team tent and they're in like a sprint mode yeah. and they make it around the corner and it's a walking break. Mm-hmm. Like just, just maintain and yeah. run. Go steady. Right. So, so this question that people come up with is, what do I do? Like, I've heard this question before too from my clients, my patients, you know, people that come to me in pain. They have chronic back pain, chronic knee pain, and they say, Oh, I've tried the injections. I've tried the, um, the surgeries, you know, some of them. They've tried the medication. They've tried this. They've tried that. And they just, come to me a lot of times as a last resort, unfortunately. I wish more people would come sooner. But they come in there like, I tried it all and I still have this pain. So what do I do? What can you do for me? And a lot of them don't even believe that I can even help at that point. Right. It's really, it's it's a cry for help more than a question. Yeah. It's like, I've tried this and this and this and this. I can't do it. These other people who are able to do it, there's something special about them. Mm. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, but I think that it's also that shortcut that they're looking for. They're looking for something easier in some circumstances. Maybe not these people that we're talking about in chronic pain, but... I mean, some of them, yes. I mean, some of them come to me. They've been in pain for years, and they've tried all of the quicker things that they've tried various you know, injections yeah, they've tried and the things. injections they've tried taking the medication they've tried these the the quote-unquote magic pills you know that they think are just gonna come in and take their pain away and when i explain to them what physical therapy is actually about that okay this is what i'm gonna do we're gonna do some exercises we're gonna do some strengthening it's gonna take some time for you to build the strength up but if you actually build the strength in the muscles you're gonna take pressure off your joints and some of them are on board. Some of them can get on board. And I and I always tell them, I said, this is not a, a quick fix. Like this is some people, you know, do find some relief within the first week or two weeks. Depends on what kind of diagnosis I'm looking at, of course. But some people get relatively quick results, but most people it takes time. And usually I tell people to give it at least a month because it takes time to build up that strength. It takes time to do that. I mean, most healthy habits are a long-term, slow burn, slow build kind of process. Yeah. You know, you're looking at like healthy eating habits. You don't just completely 180 degree flip 
and you go from like daily fast food to super organic, all green veggies every meal the next day, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's a slow build process. Mm-hmm. You know, any endurance sport, it's a, it's a slow process. You don't hit like one workout and you're magically faster the next day. That's mm-hmm. just not how it works. That was, that was part of our discussion is, mm-hmm. you know, last week at Cream at the team, I was all like, rah, rah, we've got to get faster. And they went right from that talk into a workout and they all like killed themselves on the first set. And by set six, they were, they were done. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were completely off the pace because they tried to get the fix so quickly yeah. that it was not successful. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at me like, now, now what am I, I tried to go faster. What am I supposed to do? Right. Like, try going at the pace that I suggested. You'll get faster over the next two, three, four weeks. Right. But sometimes it's hard to see that if you Number one, if you don't see the plan all laid out for you, that can be hard to see. Like as a coach, you know, you know the plan, but you, you know, we don't always tell the kids exactly what the plan is. And we tell them they're, if, you know, they're going to get faster by the end of the season, but it's not like we sit down and totally explain to each kid exactly why we're doing each thing and what the progression is and why, you know, the reasoning behind it all. So there is that level of trust that they have to have in us. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, but so, so yeah, so basically this question, this, what do I do question is this sense of, uh, exasperation. Sometimes it's, it's a sense of hopelessness. And I think that it's also like we, what we said, they're looking for the quick fix. They're looking for an easy solution. They're looking for someone to just tell them what to do. Right. To help. Yeah, please. Please help me. Yeah. So that's my first issue with this question is it's usually not a question. It's just a waving a flag. Someone, please help me. Help me quickly. How do I get... How do I get the answer to my question tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, my other issue is it it doesn't even always have a back end to it. Just tell me what to do and that's it. That's the whole thing. Not tell me what to do to accomplish this. Just tell me what to do. Right. It's just... It's a complete exasperated, uh, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And I, I look at these kids and I'm like, what do you need to do to get to what? Like, what what goal are we aiming for? Right. Which, you know, unless you have a goal, I, I don't even know where to begin answering that question. Mm-hmm. You know, when the kid runs a poor race, they look at me and they're like, what do I need to do? And like, to run faster, to feel better at the end, to like, what, what are you aiming for here? Right. Yeah. So goal setting, I think is definitely a key component in order to answer this question. Well, first you have to define the question, like you said, because some, some people come to you with an incomplete question though. If, if someone just says to you, what do I need to do? Obviously you don't really know how to answer that because it's incomplete, like you said. So first, Define the question, define the problem, define what you are seeking help with. Right. And with as much detail as you possibly can. I mean, I, the, the more detail, the more specific, the more direct you can be. And this is why the, the call for help is helpful. But I, I also, I get this one in the classroom all the time. I've got the kid like two days from finals. They currently have like a 36 class average and they come to me and they're like, uh, what do I need to do to get an A? Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. Your options are, are not really there at that point in time. But I think that some, some people have mentors that they can go to like a coach or a teacher or something like that but i think this is sometimes a question that people just have in their heads 
you know, in, in life. If you are looking at a situation that looks hopeless or you're not really sure where to turn or where to go, I think that's just something that we can, can say to ourselves that just as individuals looking at our own life, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, like you're just, you're just tired. You're exasperated. You're, I've said that word a lot. A lot. <laughs> I'm tired. Can you tell? It's been a long weekend. It's been a long, yeah. So anyway, it, it's something that we often just say to ourselves, what am I supposed to do? Right. And so in trying to kind of move, move forward with this idea here, one of, I think it's my last big issue with this question is it depends on where you're asking the question from. Okay. Because one of the other issues with what am I supposed to do is it takes the responsibility off of the person and puts it onto whoever they're asking. Yeah. Say, Hey, you tell me the answer because I give up. So I just, I'll just do whatever you tell me. And, you know, if you've made it to a point where you are, you are lost and so frustrated, then yes, you, you need someone to sort of cling to and say, Hey, where do I start? Well, you need a guide in a lot of situations because once you get to that point of hopelessness, it's very hard to see things clearly. It's, it's becomes very overwhelming it becomes very foggy. It's very difficult to sometimes see it all clearly when you're that close to it. A lot of times you hear that saying that you can't see things if you're too close to them. And so it's always good to get an outside perspective to help you see things a little bit more clearly and shed some light on some of those areas. Yeah. Having someone be able to shed light is fantastic. As long as once you've started getting an idea, getting out of that complete pit of despair, you start taking ownership of it. Right. Because even if you seek out the advice of a coach, a teacher, a friend, a, just a trusted, a trusted friend, a trusted advisor, someone in your life that you really value their advice, you value their perspective. Like it doesn't have to be a teacher or a coach per se. It could be anybody. It could be a parent, you know, anybody. A spouse standing next to you right now. Oh, listen yeah. to you. <laughs> so, so once you make it to that point where you feel like you need help from somebody, also realize that a lot of times you don't really want someone else to give you the answers. You don't really want someone to tell you what to do because you think you do because you want to be out of the situation that you're in. You want an easy answer. You want a fix to the problem that you're having. But don't you find that a lot of times most people don't want someone else to tell them what to do. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, shoot from the from the teacher perspective, kids hate teachers because for the most part the teachers just stand up there and tell them what to do. Yeah. And the more you're told that this is what you have to do, the more you want to rebel and do almost anything besides that. Right. A lot of times if you tell someone what to do, they want to do the opposite. And even if it's a a good kid that's not rebellious at all. They're just like, well, I don't want to do that because you told me to do it. You know, they want to make the decision by themselves. We see this with our kids. I mean, look at, look at our oldest one. She's going to be almost nine in next week, which I can't believe, but you know, she's trying to figure out 
independence right now. She's trying to figure out who she is and what she likes, what she doesn't like, how her attitude needs to be. And a lot of times if we tell her to do something, she'll just say no. She just, or she'll just not want to do it just because we told her to, even though she knows it's the right choice. Yeah, She knows it's the right choice. And she it's knows- a choice that she would have come to on her own. Yes. If you had given, if there was time to give her an extra like two to three minutes to come to the decision herself, right. that would have been her decision. Yeah. But by telling her now she wants to do something besides that. Right. And, and so it's definitely been a challenge with parenting, it, it, at least for me, I think I, I've I've come to you <laughs> with this question regarding our kids, actually. Oh, what do I need to do? What do I do? <laughs> like, how do we get through to her? How can we change this attitude that all of a sudden popped up? What the heck? I, I Can she just stay little? Like, she, I don't want her to grow up and be a teenager and all that stuff like Start that's just fighting for independence yeah yeah like independence is great but fighting for independence uh, at like every turn well, is just think, it gets frustrating but i think that that's in a way i think that is a signal to us to start to give more independence so that she doesn't have to fight for it. Right. But both of us still look at her and she's three. So no, she's not though, (laughs) but she's so, yes. So it is difficult to try to figure out what to do in certain situations. And sometimes you need that outside perspective and sometimes you need advice, but be open. You have to be open to it too. Well, you want you want advice and, and guidance towards something. You really want you want some help seeing the the bigger picture. So you're, you're sometimes so bogged down in it that yeah, it'd be nice if someone said here follow these ten steps and it will get you to your to your goal. But then you're going to be like, well, maybe I can do it better than that. What you want is just someone to help you see where you're trying to go. Someone who can help you help ask you the right question that says like, Hey, where are you trying to go with this? Mm -hmm. You know, like there's, there's some kids on our cross country team that are like, they don't necessarily want to get faster. They literally just want to be a healthier person. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've, I've had kids over the years be like, um, have you seen my dad? I don't want to grow up and look like that. Yeah. And that is a rough conversation to have with a kid. Mm-hmm. But that kid doesn't care if they take another 30 seconds off their 5K PR. Right. They're looking bigger picture. And that's mm-hmm. – it's a whole other whole other ballgame to just – to be able to see the big perspective on this of where are you trying to go? What is the goal? And why are you trying to get there? Yeah. This is where finding an identity that helps direct you to your goal is is really helpful. Not an identity that is your goal because if you if you miss, if you come up short, that could crush your whole identity, but an identity that helps direct you towards the goal that you're shooting for. What do you mean? You can't say that, you know, I your identity cannot be so completely tied into successfully achieving that goal mm-hmm. because if you if you miss then where you, then you're like back at, at step 0 like it's it's falling up so short on that thing so you know if if i put it out there and say like i want to i want to run a marathon under 3 hours uh-huh. And, and you work for months and months and, and have to get to that. If that's the only thing you've got going, your identity is so tied into that that you come across the line, weather conditions screw this whole thing up, you were on track, and suddenly you run, you know, three hours in a minute. 
what are you doing? Because your identity was so tied into the goal. Okay. So you need so, to have but an. You just I- said to find an identity that directs you towards your goal. That directs you towards it, not the, an identity that is the goal. Like your identity can't be three-hour marathoner. Mm-hmm. Your identity needs to be. Boston I want to be qualifier. No, that's still a specific number. That's it what I'm saying. To, a lot of people use that. Oh, a lot that. of people put, yes. That's what I'm saying. Is oh, that you a know, lot I'm with of, you. A lot of people use that as an identity, as as a, they, I am a Boston qualifier. Right. Or I want to become a Boston qualifier. Where you need something sort of more broad. I want to be, I want to see how fast of a runner can I become. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to cross the finish line still feeling strong and healthy. Like find something bigger if it's got a time goal to it, you know, I, on on our team, the kids ask me all the time, what do I need to do to make varsity? Well, that's a comparison to directly to other people. Like, what you have to do this season is different than what you might have had to do last year and what you have to do next year. Let's just see how fast you individually can get. What do I need to be to be the fastest and fittest version of myself? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an identity that then moves towards a goal, but so it's the, not your goal. The identity is a faster and fitter version of myself? Right, as opposed to I have to be on varsity. Mm-hmm. But we also talk about setting goals as being more specific, you know, being a fitter and faster version of yourself. That's not very specific. It's helpful to have the specific goals, but if like, there's a difference between your goal and like what you completely identify, you know, we did a whole episode on, I am a runner, Mm -hmm. identify yourself as that, identify yourself as a fit and fast person. And then you have goals but you're not your entire core identity is not connected to that goal. Okay, that's that's my thing. You know, uh, one of my students asked me, "Hey, Mr. Brown, are you going to win the Pope 5K again this this Christmas?" And it's like I have no idea. I'm going to try and be in good shape, but if that guy from you know 30 miles down the road shows up. I'm, I might not because he's really, really fast. And 10 years younger than you. And doesn't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my, my goal is obviously to win the race, but that's not my identity is not as the person who wins the race. My identity is tied into trying to be fit and fast, trying to be a healthy runner who has these numbers goals. But if you come up short, it doesn't, it doesn't change your identity. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I'm coming from here. Okay. All right. Well, I think that this question and and some of this ties up very much into eating healthy as well. So can we talk about that for a little? Sure. A little bit? Because I think that that is something that a lot of people say, like, I've tried dieting before and I've tried this diet and that diet and this, you know, there's a million diets out there. They've tried them all. Maybe they worked for a little while and then that person ends up gaining them all back because surprise, surprise, a diet is not sustainable. You know, diets in general are a bunch of crap. I'm just going to say it. Sorry if your kids are in the car. But, you know, they are. You can't live a restricted lifestyle like that because when you have a plan, any sort of plan that is that restrictive, it's going to backfire at some point in time. It might not happen in the first couple months. You might do great on that diet for the first six months, for the first year, but at some point you're going to get tired of restricting yourself. And so is your body. Your body can't keep restricting. People that like to restrict their calories, your body is going to rebel against that at some point because your body gets used to whatever amount of calories you give it. So if you are 
normally eating 2,000 calories and you decide you're going to come down to 1,500 calories, you're probably going to lose weight at the beginning. But then your body gets used to 1,500 calories at the baseline. So in order to to lose more weight, you're going to then have to cut more and cut more and cut more. And it's going to have to keep happening. And at some point, you just can't cut any more calories. That's one of the reasons that calorie counting is so silly and pointless and doesn't work in the long term. It's a whole separate thing. Calories don't matter. It's the energy balance of the system, but we'll get into that in another Ooh, We episode. got you fired up on diets here. Oh, you woke me up already. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Now we're talking. So, but it's true though. It's one of those things, but so many people, you know, and then my clients and people that come to me are like, I don't know what to do. I've tried all of this and I just can't keep the weight off. And, and what do I do? Like, have you have you tried sensible eating and moderate exercise with strength training? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I'm but sorry, it's a boring answer. It's boring, <laughs> but it works. And the other thing is, it's not quick. That's the other problem: is that it's a long term solution because, and it is sustainable because it is long term. That that's the thing that's beautiful about it. If you want to flip it and look at it a different way, it does usually take longer to achieve the results that you want. But once you get there, it's so much easier to sustain them. Right. Because you're, you're not dropping weight so ridiculously fast at the beginning that your body's like, well, I don't even know what this is going on. It's, it's a slow process that your body kind of adjust to as you go, mm-hmm. basically, instead of dropping 500 calories and then your body adjusts to that new level. It just sort of slowly changes what you're putting into your body and mm-hmm. your body then uses that in a healthier manner. Right. And it's the same thing with running. Your body slowly adjusts to the mileage as you build it and the, the speed as you build it and the strength training as you build it. Like people that want to jump in and train for a marathon, you know, couch to marathon, you're probably going to get hurt. It's probably not a good idea if you have a short timeline. If you're looking at a five-year plan, then that's fantastic, great, wonderful. But a lot of times people, especially nowadays everything is instant gratification in our society you know everything is at our fingertips if you want the answer to a question boom you could look it up like that yes you know and it's it's so frustrating and sometimes i rebel against that like sometimes someone will ask me a question and i'll think to myself i know the answer to that i know i know it but then it's then I'm like, okay, well, I could Google it right like now. The, the phone is right? in my pocket it's that right has there. the answer. Well, and sometimes people will take out their phone to start to look it up. And I said, stop, stop, stop. Please put that away. Like, Hold on, I know this. I want to try to find it in my brain files. I need to try to access that part of my brain so that I can think about it. But anyway, it's just this instant gratification that we're all used to. People don't want to put in the work and they don't want to wait, you know, to, for the results to come after time. Right. But, but having a plan that takes a long time usually removes a lot of the like highly restrictive part. The plan is not super incredibly hard. You know, kids have come to me, they're like, today's workout just, it wasn't that bad. I thought it was going to be really hard and it just, it wasn't. I'm like, yeah, individually, each workout is not brutal. It's because you stack them on top of each other and on top and you just keep stacking them. And eventually you hit towards the end of the season and you look back and you're like, oh, 
oh, I put all of that together. Now look what I've managed to accomplish. Yeah. It's, there's not one workout that does it. There's, it, and it's not like, oh, make sure you get enough mileage on this recovery day. It's not a magic thing. It's the overall course of, of the months of the season. Yeah. That's what gets you there. Right. So in the short term, if you find yourself in this place of, not knowing what to do in, in whatever area of life you're in. The word of the episode is exasperated. <laughs> exasperated. <laughs> if you find yourself exasperated, we should have like the word of the day. Ding. Ding. <laughs> wasn't that Pee Wee Herman that like had, wasn't. I was not allowed to watch. Oh, that didn't, I, I thought he did like the word of the day where he like would like scream in the background and all the characters would go crazy. Not a clue what you're talking no. about. Okay. Well, I think, I think so. But anyway, so if you find yourself <laughs> exasperated by something in your life, whether it's your running, your eating, your kids, <laughs> you know, any Why would you ever find yourself exasperated by your kids? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Parenting is so simple. They gave you a handbook when you left the hospital with your newborn baby that had all the answers. But yeah. So if you find yourself in that position... A lot of times it is helpful to have an outside perspective, whether that is a coach, a teacher, a trusted friend, find someone that you can speak to. And I would say don't ask for advice, though. Like, don't start out by asking for advice. Maybe just start out by at explaining the situation, right? I mean, what where sh- what should people do with this? Instead of saying, what should I do? Right, this is you know, like because, flipping the episode here. Right. Like, this question is not great, but it is a very good idea to, to reach out and ask for advice. Just, but don't roll into the conversation with, what do I do? Well, because here, you know, here, before we jump into this... I've said that, like, I've had conversations with friends of mine, like, about our kids. So we'll say, you know, about parenting and, and kids and how to handle a certain situation or the attitude that the kids are giving. And I'll have a conversation with my friends. And if my friend starts to actually give advice, I f- feel my walls come up. You know, I feel my defenses come up like, whoa, 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 who are you? To give me parenting advice. Right. Which is weird because that's kind of where you came to with that conversation. Right. But you didn't. You came to them to try and like explain what was going on with yours and you want them to just essentially be there to to listen and maybe slightly slightly guide as you work the way to your own answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because if you're by yourself, you just feel overwhelmed and trapped in this pit. But when there's someone else who you can talk to, who you can put ideas off on, Mm -hmm. even if all they go with is yes, just mm-hmm. that to keep the conversation moving along. You're not looking for advice. Yeah. You're just looking for someone to sort of help slightly guide you and steer you sort of in the right direction without telling you exactly what to do. Yeah. And that's so true. There's been, I've been reading some books lately just about coaching and interviewing people and figuring out how to motivate people towards change. And that's what so much of them are saying is you can't tell people what to do. You can't give them advice. You can't set a plan for them. You just need to help be a sounding board because most people know what they want to do. 
and they're just too afraid to do it. Or most people at least have an idea of the direction that they want to start in. And most of the time it's the right direction because it's it's for them and it's their life and it's what they think is going to work best. So that already is a step in the right direction because it's what they think is going to work best. Maybe it's not exactly perfect, but if you're the person that 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 they're coming to for quote unquote advice or to need you know they're coming to you with this sense of of hopelessness over a situation they don't really want you to tell them exactly what to do. No, it's like you said, they, they probably have an idea. So what they're coming with is, ah, I'm completely lost. I'm thinking of doing this. Right. They don't even want a yes or no on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe an outside perspective of like, that seems nice. Have you considered this perspective? Mm-hmm. But not, have you considered doing this? Yeah. You know, sometimes a very detailed plan from somebody is great because, you know, it, it's bad because it takes the responsibility off of ourselves. but it is helpful to have an outside plan if you find like a, a trusted advisor that you're really like, yes, I will follow that person, but but you still have to have ownership of it. Mm-hmm. It's when that outside person is able to sort of guide you and take you to places where you weren't even sure you, you were going to be able to go. Yeah, because that's one great thing about talking to other people is they tend to make us step outside of our comfort zone because it's very easy to get in our own little world and comfort zone and it's hard to see possibilities outside of it because you become bogged down in it but if someone else comes along and sees things a little bit differently maybe they can make a gentle suggestion for you to get out of that comfort zone and and really that's where the growth and the change happens Right. This sort of connects to the story that I shared when we, when we broke apart on the teams that I shared with the guy's side is it was in uh, Kenny Moore's book after the Olympic marathon. Frank Shorter had won the marathon. I think we may have even shared this story on a podcast before, but Frank Shorter had won the marathon and Kenny Moore had finished uh, in a tragic fourth place in the mm. Olympics. And they were off running a, a day or two later. And Kenny goes, you know, for years I've been trying to sort of figure out what it takes to be an Olympic champion. And the way he said it was sort of like, you know, he had this huge thing built up in his mind about this like mythical figure that's an Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. And Shorter looks over at him, he goes, and it turns out all along it was just me. <laughs> oh, jeez. And it's like, yeah, like, cause they were training buddies. Like they yeah. weren't every day, but it's like, you know, you've been out there. We've been hitting these workouts on the track. We've done distance runs together. It wasn't some crazy superhuman. It was just his buddy that they go work out together. That was the guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, when you're, when you're off on your, your own and you're trying to see how do I possibly get to this goal? Sometimes people look at these goals as something unbelievable way out there that there's no way they could get to. Mm. When you got someone who you really trust, they can help make that goal sort of be like, no, that's, that's a completely attainable thing. Mm-hmm. Have you considered this? Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought even farther than that? Right. Yeah. It can totally change your, your mindset and just open up a whole new set of possibilities. It's funny because one of the girls on our team at the meet on Saturday, she came to me and she said, you know, coach, what do you, 
what do you think I can do today? And I said, oh, I'm glad you asked because I, I was thinking about it last night because I had run with her the day before and we went out and we were just, we had a conversation for a good two miles of the run. We were just chatting it up and I knew what pace we were running at that time. So I was really thinking to myself, this girl can go a lot faster than she thinks she can. So she said, coach, what do you think I can do today? I said, honestly, you were maintaining a conversation with me yesterday at this pace. So I really think you're going to be, you're totally capable of hitting 27 minutes today. I I just, as long as you're feeling good, you don't have any cramps, you know, things are good. You're, you're totally capable of that. And which you put out there with no idea what her current PR was. I I totally did not know. (laughs) That was the best part because it would have been a little bit more frightening for me because I know that the best that she's ever run was a couple years ago of like 28 and a half. Yeah. And I didn't even realize (laughs) that. So I just told her based on what I saw in her that that's what she was capable of running and she went out and she ran it and didn't even and she felt she said she felt great and she was so happy she was so proud of herself afterwards but without your perspective i don't think it ever would have occurred to her to run three minutes faster than she had the week before yeah like that's the thing is yeah. it was a one one week three minute improvement yeah you know uh, i've had this conversation with kids when they're like like some of the fast milers we've had where the kid's like, uh, do you think I can break five minutes or maybe not? And I'm like, um, well, based off the workouts, I don't think that you can break five. I think that you should aim for breaking 450. Mm-hmm. And it's a complete mind flip on them. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, five is a given? Right. Like, yeah, five's a given. Right. Let's see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that perspective, it's not just – you're not being a cheerleader at that point. You're just you're an honest evaluator. You're telling them based on what I see and based on who you are and what I know you can accomplish. This is what I truly believe that you can do. It's not a rah rah, you can do it kind of thing. Like this it's it's a you can do this. Like there's no question in my mind. You just need to wrap your head around it too. Yeah, it's it's a factual statement and you have to have that really um, that relationship of trust, which is why the, the best advice and the best kind of stuff comes through like solidly built relationships where you're not asking somebody for continuous advice. You're just building that relationship. Okay. They're helping keep a perspective for you. You're helping get a perspective for them. You're opening up possibilities that the other person might've never seen. Mm-hmm. Maybe you kind of put in a, a little bit of subtle advice along the way, but you're not saying do this, do this, do this. No. Well, one of the biggest things in this, in some of these motivational interviewing skills and and things that I've been coaching, things that I've been learning um, are what's called reflective statements. So it's instead of asking people questions and instead of giving advice, you basically just echo what they're saying to you. So if they say, oh, I'm so frustrated over this situation, and you basically just reflect it back on them. Oh, so I hear that you're feeling really frustrated about this and blah, blah. And then a lot of times it just, when someone hears it, not only that they hear themselves saying it, but then they also hear someone else saying it back to them, that allows them to then think about it and clarify what it is they're actually thinking and feeling. What's the emotion? Where'd the emotion come from? Why are they actually experiencing that? What do they want to do about it? Mm -hmm. It takes it so much further. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we don't really have time to get into all of that right now. Well, no. I need to go to bed because I have an early workout. Yeah, someone's got repeats in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a chance to record this episode on the weekend like we normally do. So we're sitting here at 10 o'clock at night trying to get it done. <laughs> Real life. Real life running. Real life runners. So, yeah. So is there anything you think we should say to wrap this up? No, I mean, I think that... that like what should people come away from this episode with? Don't lead with the question of what do I do? You know, go and fi- find a trusted advisor. You know, you could have you can have a coach and, and look for some outside perspective, but realize that the responsibility still comes from you. You're the person that's ultimately going to, to follow the steps. Mm-hmm. You know, in, uh, in the last race we were in, I got a whole bunch of the guys to run their fastest time of the season, but that's because virtually the last mile I screamed at them for 10 straight minutes. <laughs> I don't, the, it's the personal ownership that is the long term that's going to get them there. Right. Right. And, and a lot of that builds with time. Sometimes you have to yell at them as freshmen, but by the time they're seniors, they finally have it built in. And they've, they've got some personal motivation and they, right. they've got some different, different ways of setting goals. And, and then they're coming to you and they're like, okay, I've done, I've done this. What are we doing? And it's the difference between what do I need to do and what are we doing? Like mm-hmm. I've had some of the seniors ask that question. What are we doing for the workout on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And I'll explain it. And they're like, no, no, now why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Because they, they want more. They want yeah. to be fast, but they realize that it's a collective process. Yeah. Which is good. So if you are in that state of mind where you're trying to figure out what to do, first define the question, define the actual problem, and then figure out what kind of goal it is you would like to achieve. And then seek some trusted counsel, seek someone that you can just talk to about it and bounce some ideas off, and hopefully that would help bring clarity to the situation. Is, Sound- that, is that kind of the summary here? Sounds like the, uh, like the overall episode. <laughs> I'm glad I got it by the end. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us tonight or today or whenever it is you're listening to us. So thank you for spending this time with us. For our show notes, if you'd like to read our show notes and get any links to our email addresses, to our Facebook tribe, we have a, a private Facebook group that is our Facebook Real Life Runners Tribe, which is an awesome group of people that are super motivating and supportive. If you want to become a part of that, head over to our website, realliferunnerspodcast.com, and you can request access there. And if you click on our show notes, you can read through the show notes, and you can also see all of the links that we have for Facebook, for Instagram. If you'd like to email us with a question, if you want to support the show, if you're interested in our coaching programs, all that information is on our website. So head over to realliferunnerspodcast.com and check all of that out. We thank you again for spending this time with us and we will catch you next week.